You're listening to Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast. Here's your host, Dan Healy, also known as at the Miami Heat UK. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode 9 of Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast. I'm your host, Dan Healy, and today I'm joined by fellow Heat fanatic, Sam Okwara. How are you doing, Sam? I'm doing great, thanks. Got to give you kudos on that. Not many people get my name right at first go. (laughs) Cheers. All right, that's one up then. That's a good start. So, excellent. Um, Sam, thanks very much for joining us. You're You're a fellow Heat fan based in the UK. Um, always good to talk to guys this side of uh, of the pond um, to get our, um, our takes on everything that's going on with Miami. Um, it's been great so far. Really good start for us. Before we get into it, um, sort of into the nitty gritty of what we've got to discuss today. First of all, um, how did you get into the NBA? How long have you been following Miami and why did you choose him? It's funny because I could answer all those questions just with one answer. So, um <laughs> You know how you're in school, you're playing basketball, just shooting around, not really into it and all. Um, mm-hmm. So about, let's say, year seven, year eight, when the Shaq trade happened and he came from the Lakers to Miami, that was when I made the decision to consciously follow basketball. All right, okay. And at that point, all I could see on ESPN Sports Center was Shaq to Miami, Shaq to Miami. So I'm like, all right, that's the team I want to follow. And wow. that's basically how it happened. Excellent. Been a no. fan since 0405. Wow. Funny so, enough, I got my yeah. first basketball jersey for Christmas in, I'm going to say, 0304. Yeah, just about when the trade happened. I told my uncle coming down from America, I wanted a Shaq jersey. So he went down to the NBA store and said, yo, I want the Miami Heat Shaq jersey. And the store attendant said to him, yo, you don't want D-Wade? Because that's when D-Wade was like yeah, really popping. But yeah, and I still got that jersey up till today. It's like memorabilia <laughs> for me. Excellent. Brilliant, brilliant. So you've seen some successful times then? Yeah, seen the lows as well. So yes, it's been a tough <laughs> well, ride. Well, you've come in. You, at least you've seen some success because um, I haven't been following it nearly as long as you. I've only been following it for like this is I think my fifth year. Um, I've never missed a game, so I'm, you know, I'm fully into it all, but I've never seen a good time. So, uh, uh, although I say that at the moment, at the present is very much a good time. So, um, I'm enjoying that. It's by far the best time I've seen. So have you, um, have you ever been fortunate enough to, to get over there at all? Or have you just been following from, from over here? Just been following from over here. Keep cool. making plans to fall through, but hopefully next year we'll see. Cool. I mean, Playoff season. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Absolutely. Yeah, once we're uh, once we're fully in the hunt. I mean, well, by next year, we we'll still might be a year too young. But by by the following year, certainly we'll have had uh, we'll, we'll have Giannis playing for us. We'll be Ooh. challenging. We'll have titles. Oh, nah, <laughs> we can dream oh, anyway. We can dream. <laughs> so obviously, um, a fantastic start this season. Um, we're twenty-one and eight as we sit tonight. Um, big game coming up against Utah this evening, which should be a great game. We'll come on to all that in a, in a little while. But um, I was one, if you'd listened, if anyone's been listening to uh, some of my earlier episodes before the season started, I didn't really have much high hopes for this season. I, I, I knew it would be an improvement because we had a terrible season last year, finishing 10th. Um, the fact that we got Jimmy out of nowhere, really, with no cap space, etc., was always a win for this off season. And I... I Apart from, you know, being great to have Jimmy on board, uh, the only other thing I was particularly looking forward to was the fact that we was going to see Bam starting. So I elevated us to around that maybe sixth or seventh seed. That was my prediction before the season. And there was quite a few people that agreed with that. But there was also quite a lot of people that told me, you're wrong. You know, we're, we're, you're going you're gonna to see that the Heat are going to surprise you this year. We're going to be a good team. You know, um, an uncluttered roster. We've got some, uh, you know, some, some bad eggs out of the way now. Um, and you know things are looking good. What sort of camp was you in, Sam? Was you was you like that, or was you more sort of reserved like I was? Did you think it was going to be this good? So I had a bit more expectations for the Heat than you did. So just thinking to, back to the end of the last season, we were shy of the playoffs just by a couple of games, mm. and we got rid of Hassan. And boy, do I tell you that took us up at least two spots. 
yeah. at the very end. And then when you add Jimmy Butler on, onto it, that's another one-two position in the East. So I had them about fourth, fifth seed. Okay. Once we started the season, I had to have a second thought. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Personally, I think that he uh, primed to finish at the end of the season, second or third. Because if you look at how we started, we've started the season 21-8. and eight. Mm-hmm. If you compare that to previous Miami Heat t- teams, let me just read out the comparisons to you. Yep. 05-06 championship team, 17-12 to start the season. That's four games better than mm-hmm. that championship team. Yeah. 10-11, lost to Dallas in the finals, started 21-8. and 11-12, lockout season, by the way. Twenty-two and seven, mm. and last championship season, twelve, thirteen, twenty-one and eight. So we're right now we're going in a trend of a championship team. Don't know how mm. that's going to play out because the field is ridiculous in the East, not to mention the West. Yeah, but I think we're in a very good position. Yeah, no, well, I mean, you know, the the, the stats don't lie, so that's nothing but promising. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't think anybody is gonna catch the Bucks at the moment. Well, I say that we're only, I think, four games back, which seems, seems ridiculous because they've been so dominant and yet we're still exactly. we're still there or thereabouts. So, and we've beaten them as well this season. So, um, yeah, but I, I just think that they're, they're, a, they're a regular season machine. What's always going to happen with the Bucks is whether they've, whether they've got it in the playoffs and whether they can handle it in the playoffs because as of yet, we haven't seen that. But there's certainly, whereas at the beginning of the season, I think they said, well, You've got the clear top two with Philadelphia and Bucks, and then there's a big gap between anyone else. We haven't seen that. I think that it, it's it's a lot more competitive um, than what I think a lot of people saw in the East. Um, I mean, I think even between now, you take Bucks away slightly at the moment. I think there's about one game that separates second to sixth. So um, I think there's that the, there's a, a a real chance that what you're predicting, um, maybe a second or third seed, is is very 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 realistic. So yeah, I'm. I'm I would go along with that. I think that really what was what's really rocked everyone is that no one saw it coming with with Kendrick Nunn and you know Tyler Harrow as well. Even though um, you know early on in preseason, a lot of people once they'd seen what he could do got very excited about him. But he's still been better than what I imagined he would be. And Kendrick Nunn, who came out of nowhere, um, really, I think that, that that's really transformed our roster. Would you agree? I'll tell you something. The fans, we couldn't see it, but I promise you, Pat Riley and Andy, they saw that coming a mile away. Yeah. Because they signed both of them on the last day of the last season. Yeah. So they knew what they what they had right there. They didn't wait for the season, the off season to start before they they signed those contracts. Yeah. And, and just thinking back to draft day as well, I'm just going to put it out here. I was not a fan of Tyler Hero. Well, I, I don't was, think anybody was. That's the thing. I think that there was such an uproar. And it just shows that nobody really should should listen to anyone that anyone's got anything to say about the fans because it was exactly the same two years ago with Bam. Everyone was exactly. not that we signed Bam. And you just got to accept that these guys know what they're doing, especially taking, you know, two rookies out of a very reputable college from Kentucky. Um, I think, and by which both of them two came, Hero and Bam. So um, I'll never, ever... I mean, I, I don't pay massive attentions to college basketball. I don't think m- many people would claim over in the UK that perhaps they do. But I think that we've just got to accept now that they they know best. And I think that apart from obviously um, Zion, I think that, that the whole of the Miami Heat organisation said doesn't matter who is on the table by the time we get to our pick. If Tyler Harrow is available, he's who we're taking. So, you know, I, I think that it, it, you're absolutely spot on in the fact that yeah, the fans didn't see it coming, but the guys that matter absolutely did. Another thing that's worth mentioning is the player development that we yeah. that the Miami Heat run. Yeah. Because if you look at the sort of talent that come in to the team and the way they get the maximum, yeah. they just get them playing hard. Look at um, Duncan Robinson. He yeah. was in the our G League affiliate last season. I think he, I think he made a G League first team or something like that, mm. and he just kept going in, putting in work. I yeah. seen a Eric Spolster interview talking about how, in that one season in the G League, he developed his body, his game, and he's shooting monstrous right now. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's a monster from beyond the arc. Yeah. I think he's shooting what forty five percent. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I'm start really... a campaign. We need to start a campaign. Get Duncan Robinson in a three-point ca- contest. Yeah, definitely, definitely. No, yeah. I'm re- I'm really yeah. pleased you mentioned that. That's um, yeah, that's spot on. When you look at, as you said, player um, player development, you look at Bam um, and Harrow, both mid-round picks in the first round. Justice Winslow as well. Did a couple of years prior to that, I think he was a tenth round, uh, tenth pick in the first yeah. round. But then you look at what you just said there. Yeah, Duncan Robinson, G League player, undrafted. Uh, Josh Richardson, although he's moved on now, 40th pick, second round pick. Um, Kendrick Nunn, undrafted player, is now averaging 20 odd a game. Um, uh, Derek Jones Jr., undrafted player, took him out the Suns. You know, is now looking like a, a real handy player for us. Now he's got a, a very high ceiling. Month. Yeah. In December, his, de- his defense has been incredible. It's just yeah. shock. He's he's got clamps right now. Yeah. Shot well, you look at who defense. you look at who he's been guarding. You know, uh, uh, AD, Giannis. Um, Top assignments as well. Yeah, exactly. And he's done he's done really he's, he, he's held them all to really modest numbers considering the, the, what they usually put up. So he's been fantastic. But yeah, really really pleased that you mentioned that because that's a really good point that um, yeah our player development in my opinion is up there if not with them but that maybe the best in the entire nba so that's it's a really that good shout. culture it, it really is the heat exactly. culture because we've been doing it from, since day one when you think of what they don't know you don't as Haslam. yeah that's a heat lifer right there on drafted star and he's still in the league i think he's like the second oldest player in the league right now and yeah he might not be bringing much to the court right now but trust me behind the scenes he's he's oh, literally doing that development thing mm. yeah and no, i reckon Fingers crossed there's a coaching spot for him because the culture must be preserved. Oh, absolutely. I think they'd be mad not to. I think that's that's just the perfect scenario is to get him on the coaching role. Chris Silver's another one that obviously as well, out of nowhere, undrafted, you know. And we've also got KZ Parler that we haven't seen, but apparently there's such a buzz about him and he's now he's cut he's had injuries and he's gone he's now gone back he's come back from injury and he's gone to the G League to sharpen up. But that's a player that no one's spoken about yet, but from all accounts there is some real excitement about him. So, you know, just just Jimmy Butler and a bunch of, you know, undrafted players or G League players and mid-round picks are, at the moment, one of the best teams in the East, you know, or one of the best teams in the NBA. So, yeah, completely agree that it's all about that culture. So, yeah. You yeah. know what's amazing about this conversation? We've been talking for roughly about 10 minutes about this, and we've only just mentioned Jimmy Butler, and he's supposedly the star of this team. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. It's a great shout, great shout. It's been it's been brilliant. And just where where is Jimmy? Has got I always had this you know persona about him that he's an awkward teammate and he's you know he's there for himself and so on. Well, nothing could be further from the truth since he's landed in Miami. He's just it's like he's found his home and everybody has bought into it. He's you know you had that f- first sort of couple of um, practice sessions where he was getting there at four a.m. And, oh, you know, yeah. and, then other, and then other people Myers started Leonard following up as yeah, well that's right and just all they want to do is graft and, and, and work for this team and you can just see there's so much harmony there and that all stems around Jimmy Butler so yeah it's been a, an absolute match made in heaven for it so far so one person that we haven't really mentioned um, and that's mainly because he's had some injury troubles is Justice Winslow now, where do you sit on Justice? Because he sort of splits the the fan base. I personally really like him. I think he's got a ceiling that he's not hitting yet. He's a very good defensive player. I think he'll work really well with Jimmy when they finally get on court together. Um, but what do you think? Do you, do, do you see this as maybe possibly a last chance this year for him? Or is he is, is he always going to be in, um, in, in Spo's faults, etc.? I don't think so. Um, I think we got his contract on a rookie extension, if I'm correct. And thinking about the value on that, that is amazing value because of what he brings to the table. Yeah. His playmaking skills, I won't say they're first team level. They're not all NBA level, but he does nah. bring stuff to the table. And his defensive prowess is amazing. He's got good physical tools to be a good player on the defensive end. And he plays defense hard. I think in his rookie season, he started at centre against Toronto. Like, come on, who does that? Yeah. Jim, uh, Justice Winslow, I, I I really like him as a player. And it's a shame that he's just got injured while this team is making this really yeah. good run to start the season with. Because there's a question of where his fit yeah. is. And yeah, very, I think... It's a, good, it's a good question to ask um, about his fit. Because obviously, 
prior to the season starting, everyone had him billed as the starting point guard, which I was a huge fan of, by the way. Yeah, same. But with the emergence of Kendrick Nunn, I'm happy with him coming off the bench. Yeah, I agree. I can't, yeah, that, I can't complain. I that saw was a stat gonna... the other day. Sorry. Go on. You yeah, saying? Go on. No, go on. Oh, I saw a stat the other day that the Heat are the leading team in the league when it comes to first quarter scoring. So it's got definitely something right with our starting unit. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I th- you took the words out of my mouth a bit because I was going to ask you, what do you think? Do you, do you want to see him just at the moment as a bench player or do you want him to come back to the start? So I'm with you that it's a bit strange in a way because we, we, we spent all um, off-season sort of debating who was going to be the starting point guard out of Winslow and Dragic. I think most of the, um, the fan base wanted Winslow in. And now we're at a situation where they're both on the bench. And uh, it just sort of goes to show this, that Spo mentioned it at the beginning of the season as well, before the season actually started, that we're going to be playing this sort of fluid, positionless um, basketball this year. And we've seen it um, probably excelled and enhanced by the fact that um, Winslow has been out for so long. Because now everyone just sort of floats. Everyone, I mean, it's a different person each each time we're inbounding. It's a different player bringing the ball forward. Even Bam can bring the ball forward. So it's it's, and I think that's been the real um, uh, catalyst into what uh, a lot of our success has been is that we are just that that fluid and we've got you know so much in terms of who can do what with the ball and shooting the ball etc. So I'm quite happy to see Winslow coming off the bench at the moment. I think that come playoff time. Would you then look at maybe now we've got to start locking it in? And would you then think that that would be a good time for him to to, to start start games again? Or would you rather see him back before then? Or would you rather just say, no, at the moment, let's roll with it as it is? I think we've got to take it on a game-by-game game basis, Yeah. depending on the matchups we face. Because if you think back to the game we played against the Lakers, we didn't have a bad game, if I'm being honest. But it would have helped to have someone like Justice Winter starting. Yeah. Definitely. Just a bit more defensive pressure on LeBron James. Yeah. And especially in the playoffs, you, you really want to, to switch up the matchups. You need to make sure you've got different defensive players on the opposing players, star, star player, opposing team star player, sorry. Yeah. So, yeah, we. I, th- I don't think it's much of an issue. I think the main question is how we end games. Because yeah. it's heat. It's just part, of, I don't want to say it's part of our culture, but in the past we've had those games where we built up a good start and then we mm-hmm. just lose it by the end of the game. Yeah. And we just need Justin, Justice Winslow to like develop in the sense that he could not only lock up players in the start, but as well as the end. Toupe already does that, but mm-hmm. yeah, if you get what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, no, that is that's, that's yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It, it, as I said, there's a lot of basketball to play between now and then, but it's really not a bad problem to have. And exactly. um, you, you know, you look score. at yeah, you look at if for now Winslow does start on the bench um, for the foreseeable future, that's a hell of a bench. I mean, Winslow, Dragic, Olinik, Derek Jones, Chris Silver, if you need him. You know, that's that's almost getting to the point of that's not a million miles away from our starting five. You know, that's um that's really, really promising. And it's something that, from my point of view, you know, I've not seen yet. I mean, we've always had, um you know, relatively de- a, de- a relatively deep roster, but it's always been pretty average and average is being maybe a bit kind as well. At the moment, you look at, we've got, I, I, I think it's almost like a perfect blend. You're bringing out one player that's like maybe a Kendrick Nunn or a Duncan Robertson who any night can go off and then bringing in someone like a you know a Winslow or a Jargic or someone that can come in and knock down twenty as well. So it's a really good, really good um, problem to have, as I said. I think offensively we're doing well to to start the season. I think we're currently ranked eighth in team offensive rating in the league, mm-hmm. and it's just a testament to how each player brings it to each game. Just looking at our last game we played at, uh, who did we have again? Was it New York? Yes, New York last yeah, time. So- we had the Knicks uh, and Jimmy Butler only took was it three shots? Yeah. We had like a one twenty point. We had like a one twenty point win. Yeah, that's right. And we we've, we've had like twenty point games for multiple players. Mm-hmm. We've got well, a second leading scorer is Kendrick Nunn. Like no one would have expected that coming out of the season. Nah. Mad. And Bam is doing Bam things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's this season is just incredible when we talk about the Heat's offense 
yeah yeah no it's great it's it's um it's a complete transformation as i said something i really didn't see coming so long may it continue so getting on to the season so far we um we started off the season sort of and we, to be honest we've carried on the season knocking over anybody that's a a quote in quote uh bad team um apart from grizzlies i think they're the, which we lost to not long ago that's the only game yeah. we've lost to against a point a, a team that's less than 0.500 and then we started off sort of losing the games that were against the good team so there was a bit of an argument saying well all right it's all right knocking over the rubbish but whenever you're coming up against someone good you're losing and apart from I think the Bucks as obviously that we beat early on that was the general trend that has sort of changed now we've now started to take the wins off of some of the good teams as well and I would say I think probably most recognisable the four most uh, impressive wins have been obviously the game two Bucks overtime win in their own backyard we've knocked down we've knocked down Toronto in their backyard, that was that lost their unbeaten record. We recently knocked down Sixers, which ended their I unbeaten so run happy. as well. I was so happy after that win. <laughs> yeah, well, you might have just answered the question then. And then the final one was the, the the route at home in American Airlines Arena against the Rockets. That was actually quite early on. So we've actually now started to pick up some wins against some very good teams. Out of those four, unless you can think of any others, what one did please you the most? Was it the Philly one? I'm trying not to be biased with that question because I despise the 76ers. <laughs> I don't think Absolutely you despise them. <laughs> but that was a very good win. Very competitive as well. Yeah. He played hard to stay in the game. Like we, we started that game not as good as we had we had in previous games in this season, but we kept to it. We had a run in the second quarter to bring it back. Yeah. Nelly lost it in the fourth quarter, though. But Yeah. Yeah, it went down to the last shot almost, didn't it? So uh, yeah, that was a that was a squeaky bum moment. I, I think that was a really impressive win. That probably is, it's difficult to say, but I, I'd say with the the form that um, Sixers were on, I think there was something like fourteen and zero at home. So that's yeah. probably that is probably the, the the best one I would say. I mean the the Bucks game, even though they've only lost once since that. That was an early season game. So you still think people are maybe working out a few things, getting into you know the swing of it. So you can get the odd weird result at the beginning of a season. Um, I think the Raptors win was also really impressive because they was on good form. And, and you know, some people might say, well, yeah, you won, but the, the Raptors didn't play well. Well, they didn't play well because we'd done, we done a very good job on them. We kept Siakam really quiet. Um, we kept uh, Fred really quiet as well. We, 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 we we won that game because we were really good, not because they were very bad. So that was a very good one. But and the I Houston think... game as well. Yeah. Uh, we started that game with 40 points in the first quarter. Yeah, it's crazy. About 70 in the second quarter. Complete blowout game. Mm. And if you think back to the preseason, we had lost to Houston. And that was the game Kendrick Nunn dropped like 50 points or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that was incredible. So that was um... another huge win. But for me, I stand at the 76ers win. Yeah. Because that zone we put on them has really gone to their heads. Yeah. Who was it yeah. they played the other day? Um, they played the Mavericks. And they yeah, the Mavericks. They the zone on them and they, they just couldn't cope mm. with it. We've yeah. got Sixers in about a week or so. Yes, we have. I hope they're still going to be in their heads. <laughs> yes, and this, this one, this time it'll be at home as well. So, and the Heat are very good at home. I think we've only lost once, haven't we, at home? Yeah, so, uh, this game. Yeah, the Lakers game. Yeah, that was a tough game. Yeah, that was bad. But some bad officiating at the end of that game, which was a real shame. Well, it was a good yeah. outcome, if you ask me. We Sorry. played hard in that game. It was a good outcome for that game, if you ask me. Yeah, it was. No, I don't it think you'll find anybody hard. that that would that would have been angry at the, at that the result. We we played very hard and we probably should have won. So um, and that this is against what a lot of people are saying are going to win it. So uh, yeah. Yeah, that was that was a that was a great game. Even though we did lose, that was a really good game. So, yeah, good. So, um, let me ask you, how far can this team actually go? That's a very good question. <laughs> so, so, coming into the season, ESPN projected we have forty-three wins, mm-hmm. putting on putting us at seventh position. Right. Early on, I did say I was expecting about. I had like preseason expectation about fourth. Okay. Just looking at the stats and how we started, and looking at the strength of our schedule, we've got, I believe, like the sixth 
weaker schedule left until the end of the season, okay. according to ESPN's rankings. Yeah. And if you consider how we've started, I don't think a second seed is too much to ask for. Okay. Going deep into the playoff, I'd say we don't necessarily have to win a second round game for it to be a successful season. I say if mm. we compete hard in the second round, then I'd be pleased. But this team we've got now is good enough to play hard in the Eastern Conference, Conference Finals. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I actually agree. I think that, you know, people might look at that and say, uh, yeah, okay, that's that's maybe being a little bit biased and so on. But I generally don't believe that. I actually, I totally agree. I think from now, the... The, the expectation should try and be an Eastern Conference final. And if we if we end up going out as a second round exit, like you said, I think there's still been plenty, assuming that this sort of form continues and, you know, we don't just suddenly fall off a cliff or get horrific injuries or anything like that, because, you know, that could happen. You know, a BAM injury, like a bad BAM injury could change everything. True, but that's true. I, I think that if that happen, if we end up a second round exit, um, I would look at this season and go, you know, we've played... We, we've played above expectations and I'd go away happy with that. But I, I think that at the moment, before the season started, they said that the organisation were targeting a home court seed, a 50 win season. And I think that that's, I think if you didn't hit anything, uh, anything below 50 now would be, a, would be actually, you know, quite bad. You know, we're, we're in a, such a solid position that we shouldn't, we should be exceeding that by a good few games, which, um, which is quite exceptional to even say that. I think I had us at about 45, 46 wins, might not have even been that high. I can't remember now, but I think that... Um, I had us a bit higher than that. Yeah, so I, I think I had us around 44, 45, something like that. So, um, you know, if we can finish early to mid-50s and get... get, I think we've got every shout of, of, of making the Eastern Conference Finals. And I'll tell you what, nobody wants to play the Heat in the, in the playoff game. Nobody will want us. That is a, that, that we're going to give... We will give anybody a game, as we've shown. As we've shown, I don't think there's many teams that have knocked down the teams that we've already knocked down, especially away from home as well. And exactly. you, and, you, and you look at our home form, you know, that's one defeat. It's it's been rocking the American Airlines Arena. So yeah, I I think that's um that's perfectly realistic. Another thing you got to think about is most of our losses this season have come on back to backs. You don't get that in the playoffs. This is very true. If you very give us true. the time to rest up, prepare for a game, we're coming with guns blazing. Yeah. Yeah, this yeah, that's that's a really good point. Really good point. So yeah, really exciting times. Yep, I think that yeah, second, third, I think fourth should really be the minimum now. I'd be I would actually be really disappointed if we don't finish in a home court seeding. I agree with you. Um, but it's really tight. I mean, we're only I think we're only a game above sixth place paces at the moment. So um, it's going to be really tight, and there's some great games to come. So we'll quickly just pre- preview those games that are coming. We've got four games left now between um, now and New Year. Um, starting tonight versus Utah at home, then at home to Pacers. That's a back-to-back um, following that. We've got Pacers and then we've got the Sixers. I think that's a back-to-back. And then we've got... Actually, no, it's not. No, it's not. We've got Pacers, then we've got Sixers, and then we've got Wizards uh, away. Yeah. Oh, I should have looked it up. I think, One the Pacers, of them, I think the Sixers game is a back-to-back after Indiana. It is Indiana. a back-to-back. It yeah. is a back-to-back, yeah. So, so three home games, one um, away game to finish the year against Washington. What are your predictions for those four four games? How many how many wins should we be looking at, or how many do you think we'll take? I'd say we go three and one. Yeah, I'd say three and one. Tonight's game, it'll be a close one, but I'm giving yeah. Heat the advantage because we got home court advantage on that. Yeah, Rudy Gobert might give us a bit of a challenge in the with his length, just like how yeah. AD did, and when we played yeah. the Lakers. Yeah, it's been a bit of a sore spot for us, uh, that sort of offensively as well, isn't it? With um, rebounds and so on, we just haven't got that sizing really, have we? But yeah, start, go on, go on. Sorry. Let me give you a funny stat on rebounding as well. The Heat are currently 18th in the league when it comes to rebounding, but second when it comes to rebounding percentage. Okay. So that's very interesting. That is. Because we on the av- on the on average we average about 50. Is it 52 percent? of our rebounding opportunities as rebounds. That just says that just tells you we don't we don't rebound much because we don't have many rebounding opportunities. We're just scoring right now. Yeah. That's second it. best shooting second best shooting team in the league. Yeah, wow. Yeah, there we are. So some more impressive stats. So it's that's really good. So yeah, I, I was I think there's actually a case 
for us to go and win all four of those games. The, the toughest one will be the second night of the back-to-back against Philly. But I just think it's just, we're, we're so good at home. Um, even though all three of those games are very tough, they're all against good teams at home. You know, I, I, I would say the same as you. I, I would say a three and one is probably more realistic, but they're all going to be really tough games. That no, None of those three teams, Utah, Indiana or Philly will, will be relishing that game uh, coming to the Heat House. So, and you would like to think that we would then go and um, get get a win over in Washington. So I think three and one mainly just because we're, we're on the second night of a back-to-back after a tough game against the Pacers. So, um, but yeah, tonight will be a good game. Tonight's going to be a tough one. Really looking forward to watching that. So we'll um, tonight. 12:30 tonight. Early game. Oh yeah, it's a home game. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Early. It's great, isn't it? Early game. Yeah. Half past midnight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you watched many of the games live or did you just catch him the next day or whenever yeah I think I've only missed the Boston game and it's insane because I'm up for office at like 6 in the morning so yeah. <laughs> it says a lot so you watch them all live yeah I watch them all live I can't watch replay re- games once Good I know man. what the final score is there's no point watching it for nah, me nah that's right see I was l- last year before I started this account I always used to watch it the following day so I'd, I'd keep off of social media all day get home and put my feet up and then watch the game in its entirety. But I sort of felt like I can't really do that this year because I'm running this account, so I want it to be on the pulse. So I thought, okay, well, I'll start with a few games live, and now I've just got into the groove of it. My body's got used to it. So I'm just <laughs> now just trying to trying to get through all 82 um, <laughs> live, and we'll see how we get on with that. I'll but, tell um, you what, there's no greater feeling than watching a basketball game live with Heat Twitter going crazy. Yeah, this is very true. Something I've yeah, something I have learned. It is great, and it's amazing how you do get into it, and then the adrenaline pumping, and you, the game's finishing at sort of half three, four in the morning, and then you've got a couple of hours to your alarms going off, but you can't switch <laughs> off because you just had a great win, and so you're just sitting there scrolling through all the aftermath, everyone going off on Twitter. It's great, but um, you know that's not a bad problem to have. I'll take um, being tired at work. Um, but but heat rolling, um, challenging the, uh, the the top teams in this division. So it's I feel great. like American basketball fans don't have the same level of appreciation for the sports than we do. It's a very hot take, but trust me, when you're up past midnight every single night watching basketball games, you can't compare it. It's just yeah. it's not comparable. Think of it as a kid, you're just itching to stay up late just to watch extra TV. That's just yeah. what it feels like for me. <laughs> Brilliant. That's a great analogy. Yeah, no, it is great. Yeah, I think that whereas, um, you know, you see a lot of heat, well, not just heat fans, just basketball fans in general, that, you know, they could be down by sort of six or seven with uh, 30 seconds to go and it, there'll be a timeout and you'll you'll see all the, the people uh, in the arena and they're all dancing in front of the cameras and doing silly things. And you think, your team's losing. Why are you so happy? And yet I'm sitting there with the right ump because I'm thinking, God, we're going to lose this and it's an important game. I think that maybe it's just the culture of things where, because it's just an 82-game season, one in the old column doesn't really matter. And sometimes I just think that I'm still not used to that. Whereas, you know, our main sport over here, obviously, is football or soccer yeah. to American listeners. You know, that loss is really important. Whereas one one L in, one, uh, in the L column sometimes doesn't really matter. I still sometimes struggle with that. I want to win every single game and I get really annoyed when we don't. <laughs> so. That's understandable. That's understandable. When you think about the time you invest, not just watching yeah. a team, but like reading up articles looking up the box score the following day yeah keeping up with your nba content like you definitely won the best for your team absolutely yeah yeah it's great right just moving away a little bit from miami at the moment um uh, i want to get your take on the new proposed um rule changes or not rule changes sorry schedule changes uh, that adam silver has put forward so um three main things that he's uh, proposing to um introduced not next year the following year i believe um we'll quickly run through them and i'll just get your take so the first one is uh reducing the, the season to a 78 game season uh, which will incorporate now an in-game tournament and this in-game tournament um let me just bring up the notes here that i've got here um it will be uh, a regular season um will end one week before the start of the oh sorry this is a play-in tournament actually we'll start with this one this is a play-in tournament so it's it's um with the uh 7th to 10th seeds who are going to be playing um to try and get that final playoff uh, playing position so i'll just quickly read this it's saying a regular season will end on a saturday one week before the start of the playoffs as opposed to the ending on a wednesday which has been the case for years the top six teams in each conference will be in the playoffs as normal 
the teams in seventh through to tenth will, uh, in the regular season standards will play off as follows. The seventh and eighth teams play, and whoever wins that will clinch the seventh playoff seed. So, and then the teams holding the ninth and tenth spot will play in, in like an eliminator. The winner of that game, the, sorry, the loser of that game is now out. The winner of that game now goes to play the loser of that seventh and eighth team play. So it's given teams that are still further down and maybe out of usual contention a chance to still be in it. What are your thoughts on it? Are you liking this? I think the idea is maybe to, to, to still sort of stop some people just giving up a bit early and maybe tanking a bit early. What do you think? Do you think this is working or would work or do you think it's just an unnecessary entity? I'm definitely in support for it, in support of it. Okay. It's just exciting. When you think back to, was it two seasons ago when Miami had that 30 and 11 run? Yeah. We were a fantastic team and we deserved to be in the playoffs. No one yeah. wanted us in the playoffs that year. That's for ah. sure. And if we had this sort of arrangement back then, no chance. doubt we would have made the playoffs and it would have been a fantastic postseason for us. Okay. I, f- I feel like um, most teams and most fans, they sort of lose interest once their teams like just once once their team just loses that playoff spot. But just mm-hmm. gives this gives them a bit more hope, and even if it's just for like an extra week or so, it yeah. just keeps keeps people more engaged in the postseason as opposed to just waiting for the draft a couple of months after. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a, that's a valid point. That's a valid point. I think that, I mean. I, 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 if if the idea is that they want to try and engage people from maybe going right, okay, we're now um, starting to fall away. The chances are we're not gonna um, get a playoff place now. So the chance let, let, let's now start looking at let's start losing games because we we could get a higher draft pick. Um, would would do you not think that you, like in terms of tanking and teams tanking, do you not think that just the, the easiest solution to avoid that is to just go by general record? You know, if people are moaning that, you know, our teams are no good, so we need that draft pick to start getting good. Well, surely the easiest way to start getting good is to just look at your organisation. If things, if you're bad, work at getting better. Don't rely on just getting better draft picks because draft picks don't always work. You know, I know the chances are that the higher the pick you're going to get, the better player you're going to get. But, you know, nothing other than our own team are a testament to you haven't even got to do, always got to do that. You can find some very good players just by coaching and getting the structure and organisation right. So I, I sort of like this idea, the fact that it does help teams get into the playoffs. But let's be honest, a team that are maybe in 10th place, the chances are they're not really going to make much of a difference to what's going to happen. There's probably still going to be odds are stacked against them to be anything other than a first round exit. What's your thoughts just quickly on the tanking scenario? Do, do you think that it would be better just to look at, you know, just going by record or do you just, are you quite happy with it as it is? Uh, I am totally against tanking. Tanking mm-hmm. does not work. If no. you look at what the 60, uh, 76ers have done over the years, they have, put as Stephen A. Smith would say, they have put their fans through the worst of worst just so they can amass lottery picks. And what has that added up to? They got yeah. Marco Fultz who's where is he now? Is he in Orlando or something? Orlando, yeah. Or waste of what I think it was the first pick, wasn't he? Yeah, it was the first overall pick, yeah. Absolute waste of that. Yeah, yeah you've got Joel Embiid and you've got Ben Simmons, but if you compare that to Miami Heat now, we don't tank. We never will tank. No. And if you ask me we're at least on par, if not even better, right now. Mm-hmm. So tanking is not worth it, and it's not worth nah. the fans just going for it, especially when you look at it from our perspective. Yep. We're staying up late to watch these games. We're putting in hours just watching these games at ridiculous hours in the middle of the night. Yeah. And see our team just play absolute trash. It's just not worth it. For yeah, me. it wouldn't be worth it at all. And it just, it just never seems right that you know your teams are going out to lose really um and that just that's not sport that shouldn't be allowed so i just think that it, it's something that i've never really liked about american sport i haven't been a follower for years i've only seen my full, full fifth year following american sports in general but it's never felt right rewarding failure so um exactly yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we went a little bit off tandem there. Let's come on to the next <laughs> section, which was uh, about the in-season tournament. And this is saying the proposed calls for teams to play eight divisional games in the group stage of the event 
which would begin in November through to 11th of December. Um, the group stage games, which would be four at home and four away, and they would count towards the team's regular season total. So what they're then saying is then the six divisional winners and then two wild cards would qualify for the quarterfinals and then semifinals and so on and so on and so on, with the uh, final being at a neutral site like Las Vegas. The players on winning teams would split $15 million. The winning coaching staff would split $1.5 million. So this is something that I think Adam Silver has been a big advocate for. Um, he's looked at you know the Premier League and the um, Champions League and so on, um, uh, FA Cups and all of that, and thought, well, this is something that could bring a bit of buzz to the NBA. Uh, from what I've seen and what I've read, um, it seems like the American uh, fan base are not for it. They maybe are, um, you know, not happy to take this sort of change on. Personally, I'll give you my take first. I, I'm quite for it. I, I quite like the fact that it's giving teams that are not particularly that great a chance to um, aim for something else. I mean, if you've got a team like the Lakers or the Clippers who are fully, you know, fully invested on going for a championship, a title, and then you've got a team like, let's just say a Washington, you know, Washington Wizards who have got no chance of winning the title for a foreseeable future. Um, they may look at this, they may get a matchup. I know it's not going to happen because of divisional thing, but they may get end up doing very well and then get into a knockout stage. And then maybe facing a team like, for example, let's just say a Clippers and thinking, well, you know, the Clippers might have their eye on one one other thing. Whereas always we want now is we want this, we want this cup, we want this title. And therefore you could see what would normally be a regular season game with nothing on it. Nobody would give Wizards a chance. It would be a, a blowout victory for the, for the Clips. And now suddenly there's something more on the line and you suddenly get a very good and very competitive basketball game. So I'm quite for it. I think the fans, if they embraced it, would actually really, really enjoy it. What, what do you think? Do you agree with that? Or are you just thinking this is nonsense? When you put it that way, I get where you're coming from. And it is convincing, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. But for me, there's no excitement behind it. Like, you just want your team to reach the best, and that's that championship, that mm-hmm. NBA playoffs finals. Yeah, it's just no excitement for me behind no. it. I think the, the the big thing will be the fans. I think if the fans buy into it, if you you know if we see some really good close you know overtime wins playing to the last minute you know and for, for a place in a semi-final or a final and you you see that a team and a, a an arena is going off because of that rather than just another regular season game that this would have been that really doesn't mean anything and off to go to fans you know at the end of the you know the beginning of the fourth quarter because the team's done and they're losing by 25 and so on I think that it will all come down to whether the fans buy into it from what I hear and see um, not see, sorry, but if, from what I hear and read, um, it doesn't seem like that there's much enthusiasm for it. But I think it's, I think it's worth trialing. I think it's worth giving it a go. I think if, if the fans buy into it, is going to be the important thing. If they don't, well, nothing ventured, another game, nothing gained, and just scrap it. So, yeah, a, a, an interesting one. I'm not, uh, it will be intriguing to see whether that one does, um, does sort of work through. Um, what and would then, be interesting is. What would be interesting is if they incorporate that with the G League as well. If they can get a couple of G League teams in that. Yeah. I'd personally watch that. I'd like to see how yeah. a team will fare against a G League team. Yeah, that would be interesting. It'd be interesting to see how teams like the Knicks would do against a G League team. That would definitely be interesting. Because <laughs> there might not be much gap there. So, <laughs> yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, the final one, which is quite a simple one, they're saying that once you get to the um, the conference finals, they then take the the one to four um, will then be reseeded based on regular season record. So you'll actually get a chance where the top two teams come the NBA finals could be from um, the same division. Uh, therefore, the best two teams. So we could be looking at, for example, a Clippers Lakers uh, finals like it goes by record. That seems like quite a, a nice tweak from what I'm saying. What, what, do you agree with that? Or again, do you think that it shouldn't be interrupted? I don't actually. When you think back to previous seasons, there's always been this talk of how the East is much weaker than the West. Well, if you compare it to this season, I'd say, if anything, they're quite par. Mm. And it won't make much of a difference. I'd rather like to see one team representing the Eastern Conference taking on the best of the West. As simple as that. Okay. Yep. 
No, and again, there'll be plenty. There'll be plenty of people that will agree with that. The only thing that I sort of the reason why I'm probably leaning towards this change is because you look at a few years ago. I think it might be 2016 where you had Warriors v Rockets in the final, which went to, uh, Ooh, in the uh, Western Conference that was final. Interesting. And it went it went to Game Seven. It was fantastic. It was real edgy seat, gritty play for play basketball. Went to Game Seven, which Warriors then obviously ended up winning. And then they went into the uh, to the NBA Finals and swept the Cavs 4-0. It wasn't even a contest. And you feel like, well, the, the actual finals in that year was the Western Conference Finals. And you look at even up to last year, you know, I know Warriors had their injury trouble, so that could have changed things maybe. But, you know, the, the, the game that the uh, Warriors, uh, sorry, the Raptors versus Sixers Game 7 was are you Ooh. actually even that 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 was, that was incredible. An so fine. I, the, the last I, second of that, I relish that. I, <laughs> another little dig there for the Sixers, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's I I would look at it as oh I I want to see the best two teams in the finals regardless of location, and if that means they're both in the West, and so be it. So I'm for it, but. Uh, that there'll be a lot of people that will be um, again taking your stance on it that you want the best in the West for the best in the East and that's that. So like that, so that they're on. We'll, we'll see what happens with them. They, I think they've 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 been sent out now to all the teams. They've got to go and get the uh, the feedback and obviously agreed by all the teams. So we'll wait and see what happens. We'll uh, we'll see with that. But good to see that maybe there there could be some changes. I, I'm always one that's a. Uh, that likes to see embraces maybe some things that could change for the better, but I understand there's traditionalists that won't. So we'll see what happens with that. Final thing, coming back on to uh, the Heat. Um, about a week, 10 days ago, there were some rumours going around that um, Drew Holiday could be up for trade and that the uh, Pelicans were happy to listen to some offers. Now, first of all, um, I haven't met anybody yet that says that they don't like Drew Holiday as a player. Are you, um, first of all, before we come on to any sort of scenarios, would you take Drew? you like Drew as a player? I do like him as a player. He's he's fantastic all around. His defensive skills are good. He plays good offense on the pick and roll. He's aggressive. He finishes well. He's a fine playmaker. Got nothing against the lad, but I like, I like the team as it is right now. Yeah, okay. So probably answer my question then. So we've, I mean, you saw a lot of people on Heat Twitter doing, you know, silly trade scenarios like saying, oh, you know, give away. I don't know why. I know. And they sort of forget that, okay, it's not just about making a salaries match. You've you've got to give them some players that they might actually want. (laughs) Who's going to take Dion Waiters or James Johnson at the moment? Just get, get a bit real with it. So what some people are saying that is probably if there was going to be a trade scenario is going to be look something like Justice Winslow and then one of two of maybe Kendrick Nunn and or um, Derek Jones Jr. And then probably you would need a pick as well because you'll need to try and get the, 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 the money right. So let's put that to you. You sort of already mentioned it. So I think I know where this is going to go. But Justice Winslow and say Kendrick Nunn for Drew Holiday. Ooh. At this point, if you ask me, Kendrick Nunn should be untouchable. Okay. Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, they should mm-hmm. all be untouchable. Yeah. I just don't understand why you do a trade for Drew Holiday at this point of the season because it's not like he puts you above that. He doesn't push you further enough to be a proper playoff winning championship winning team mm-hmm. and when you look at it on offensive end there's nothing Drew Holiday would give you that Goran Dragic doesn't give you on a defensive end there's nothing he'd give you that Justice Winslow wouldn't give you mm. I do understand people trying to get him as a long-term prospect because we've got Goran Dragic's concert uh, contract ending at the end of the season yeah other than that it's, it's it'd be very hard convincing me to do a trade for Drew Holiday yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that it's one of them where you just think, well, it, it's almost like a, a, a win-win scenario because if if that something like that did happen, you're getting a very, very, very good player, and that would that would give you a pretty boss uh, back colt there with with Jimmy and Drew. You know, both very well, very good defensive, very capable players defensively can get you a bucket. You know, he's still young, Drew Holiday as well. He's in his prime now, so it's it would be an exciting thing. But if you didn't if that didn't happen, 
well, you know, this team is rolling and, you know, Winslow would be would be a loss, but I'd actually be more gutted at this moment in time of losing a player like Kendrick Nunn. Exactly. Um, so I... I I wouldn't if if you woke up to that news that that trade has happened, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be gutted. I'd, I'd get over it pretty quickly. But oh, it's really tough. But I would probably say at the moment, don't touch what's working. So yeah, it's um I would probably I would probably leave it as it is, which is quite difficult to say. But yeah, I think that it probably isn't worth it at the moment. And it's I wouldn't want to. Comp- having, it's the beauty of having such a deep roster of mm. contributing players that. Even someone like Kendrick Nunn, who's on his rookie contract, can be put in a discussion for a yeah, trade with Girardi. Yeah, it's incredible. It is incredible. And that's, again, testament to the organisation. Just absolutely hats off to him for, and, and the player. Absolutely. So one final thing quickly that's just come into my head. Um, say Bucks don't win a championship this year or next year. Giannis is up for, on 2021. Could we get in a conversation with him? And could we even, are we realistic suitors for Giannis? Hey. I've got 100% faith in Pat Riley's abilities. Do not discount that man. Do not count him out. There you go. There you go. I'm I'm with you. And when you look at it, you think there's actually not many. I mean, Giannis needs a big market team. There's not many big market teams that would be in the position to take him. Uh, If Miami Heat are still developing these players, we'll have the cap space. It's an incredible location. It's (laughs) It's a tax haven. No tax to pay there. So don't discount. Don't discount it. And as you just said, yep, that you put, I, I, I put my house on Pat getting something good. So um, that seems like a good spot to end. So we could have uh, Giannis, Drew Holiday, Jimmy Butler. <laughs> and the beach that is Bam Adebayo. Bam Adebayo. And then still some nice pieces there with Tyler Hero, Derek Jones. Duncan Robertson. Oh man, just just give us the title. That that's that's no, we need to make that happen. That's got to happen. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Right, we will wrap it up there, Sam. Really appreciate you uh, you coming on. Hope you've enjoyed enjoyed it. We'll have to do it again one time. Hope anytime. Great. Anytime. So just for all the uh, listeners, um, where can they find you on the Twitter sphere? You could get me at Sam Aquara. S A M O K W A R A. Whenever there's a heat game, I'll be live tweeting because that's all I do. Excellent, excellent. Well, I shall. Uh, yeah, I'll follow along with you, mate, because um, I'll be there alongside you. So that wraps up episode nine of Heating Up the UK. We've got uh, four games coming up now between now and the new year. Um, as we've just said, Utah, Pacers, Sixers, and Wizards. Let's hope we can get at least three, but let's go for the full house. Until then, everybody have a fantastic Christmas, and um, we will see you in the new year. Thanks a lot, guys. Merry Christmas, guys. See you soon.